Howdy everybody, Dr. Andy Woods here. Uh, we are on our Bible Lands cruise. It's been a great cruise and I'm here with one of the uh, presenters and speakers on the cruise, uh, Russ Miller, who is with creationministries.org. I'm excited to be talking to him because he's going to be one of our uh, keynote speakers at the Sugarland Bible Church Prophecy Conference coming up. I think it's February 23rd and 24th. Those of you out there that want to come to that, you need to register quick because seats are filling up. Um, so, Russ, welcome. And, you know, maybe you could take a couple minutes just to explain, you know, you were in a business career, and mm -hmm. going a different direction, and the Lord gave you a passion for this. and You've been going full bore into this for, I don't know, a couple decades now. At least. Quite a while, yeah. And so how, how did that happen? Well, I just go back to when I was still in the business world, and I had a successful nationwide business. Uh, at the age of 40, I was a trustee in my church, and I was planning on retiring at the age of 49, spending the rest of my life doing you know, the important things in life, <laughs> you know, playing golf, working out, hunting Cape Buffalo in Zimbabwe, the, the important things. <laughs> but God had a different plan for me. Now, uh, at the age of 40, though, I was a theistic evolutionist. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't a diehard. I wasn't selling it to other people. But I, I do have about a, well, not about, I have 174 college credits under my belt. And all you're taught is millions of years leading to Darwinian evolution. So in my mind, I just figure, well, God must have used millions of years and an evolutionary process to get it get us here. Now, I wasn't selling it to anybody, and that's important to understand, but I just justified it in my mind. But at the age of 40, I started seeing some information from other creationists, mm -hmm. uh, books and videos, and I, I'll tell you, Andy, within 10 minutes, mm -hmm. wow. I, I realized I'd been terribly lied to, and, mm -hmm. and God just used that to light a fire under me, and I studied it intently for four and a half years. Wow. And one day it was like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, Russ, here's what I want you to do. And uh, I went to my wife and said, you know, I don't think God mm -hmm. wants me just making money for a few more years and mm -hmm. then goofing off for the rest of my life. I think he wants me getting this information out to people and making a difference. I started talking to other uh, Christians about it and I started realizing this is like a train wreck inside of the church. Mm -hmm. People are so confused about, um, you know, denying uh, the biblical creation and making up their own uh, basically creator. And um, I told my wife I, uh, that I, I really thought God wanted us to go into the ministry. And so she uh, agreed with me that if I felt that's what God wanted us to do, we should do it. And we gave my business away to a fellow who worked for me for 13 years. And wow. in the year 2000, yeah, very, very lucrative business. It was a very lucrative mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. I was down to where I was working 28 hours a week. Wow. It was Pretty sweet. And you have it um, pie in the sky there. Anyways, to make a long story short, we walked away from all of that and uh, went into the ministry cold turkey. And we've been doing this for 23 years now. Mm -hmm. So I, I've, you know, I've spoken alongside of you at multiple conferences. So I've heard a lot of your talks and I've heard you many times say that this issue of creationism versus evolution, you know, supernaturalism versus naturalism is the defining issue. Um, in fact, I was with you at one gathering where we had a speaker's dinner, 
and the microphone was kind of going around between the speakers and a lot of famous people that if I mentioned their name, everybody would know who I'm talking about. But one speaker would grab the microphone and say, you know, we got to deal with pornography. That's the number one issue. Another speaker would grab the microphone and say, we got to stop abortion. That's the number one issue. And then, and then you had the microphone and you said, no, all of these issues, pornography, abortion, racism, humanism, you know, as important as they are, they really all grow out of this um, creation issue. Mm-hmm. And you you used an analogy to me personally about weeds in your driveway. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple of ways to deal with weeds in your driveway. You can either get in there and kind of whack off the top, mm-hmm. which is not going to fix the problem, or so, you've got to get underneath and you got to, you know, use some weed killer and cut everything down or the problem's just going to come back. So could you amplify that a little bit for us, why you continue to think this issue of creationism is the defining issue? Well, because the Bible tells us uh, in Psalms 11.3 that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And Satan is an expert at what he does. Mm -hmm. He's been attacking biblical creation since the start. And 60 years ago today, this year, 60 years ago, we finally made the mistake of kicking prayer and creation out of our schools and since that time, we've been teaching our youngest citizens for 60 years. So anyone under the age of 77, 78 has been taught that they evolved over millions of years of time. And we are now starting to eat that fruit. Mm. Those foundations of biblical creation have been undermining people's uh, their faith. Their faith has been undermined. You can't mm-hmm. undermine the Word of God, but you can undermine people's faith in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what has been happening. You know, think about it. The first five words of the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created. So within the first five words of the Bible, God declares himself to be the creator. It's important to God that we worship him as the creator. Um, We can go to uh, uh, Exodus 20, verse 11, in the middle of the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. and God, written in the stone, etched in the stone by God's very own finger, And he also declares in the Ten Commandments, for in six days the Lord made the heaven, the earth, the seas, and all that is in them in six days. Mm -hmm. You go to the the book of John, and uh, John starts out, in the beginning was the Word, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to paraphrase here, cut down about the first 12 verses here. In the beginning was the Word, and all things were made by the Word. So the Word of God is our Creator. The Creator is the Word of God. And the Word of God, our Creator, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's all right there in in the book of John and verses 1 through 14. And that that Word, our Creator, who became flesh, is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's so important, and Satan is so good at undermining people, that Jesus, who is our Creator, well, today we... We've got so many well-meaning people that have been led to make up a different creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about that. that that's that's a, a dangerous place to be, and that's who I'm trying to help. People who, like myself, might be a theistic evolutionist or might have been led to, to think about progressive creation, which is a Christian who thinks, uh, you know, Christ used millions of years of death and suffering to slowly create us, or a, a theistic evolutionist who thinks, Christ used evolution and millions of years of death and suffering to 
slowly uh, create us. And there's gap theories, gauge theories, all kinds of mm -hmm. uh, really non-biblical beliefs. Mm -hmm. And what I try to show people, and we do it fairly quickly, is that actually you can just read God's Word and believe God's Word, word for word and cover to cover, always taken in the correct context, like mm -hmm. I like to say. But the... Um, the the creation the creation event comes down to really the time frame and the uh, old earth beliefs which are the foundation now of, of darwinism naturalism humanism modern atheism agnosticism theistic evolution progressive creation gap theories etc are all based on there never having been a global flood mm -hmm. even those biblical uh, or christian positions i should say they're not biblical positions they will say it was not a global flood it was a local flood now, most Christians that do that don't know why they do it. That's just what they've been told. The reason is the old earth beliefs are all based on the earth's crust, the stratified layers laid down by water, separated by grain size, weight, and density by moving water. So you have all shale grains together, all mudstone grains together, all sandstone grains together. Mm -hmm. um, much like a miner with a pan would scoop some sediments and water up and mm -hmm. slosh it back and forth, and the moving water separates the sediments in his pan by grain size, weight, and density. Well, on a global scale, uh, we, we've got the crust of the earth, which averages a mile deep, made up of sedimentary layers stratified out by grain size, weight, and density. Well, I, you and I look at that and we say, wow, global flood, the Bible's true. All the old earth beliefs, based on the secular misinterpretation of mm -hmm. those strata, say, no, no, there was never a global flood. They formed slowly at the rate they formed today, slowly and uniformly. Well, that's really interesting because in in Second uh, Peter three verses three through six, I'm going to paraphrase here. Mm -hmm. We're told that in the last days will come scoffers walking after their own lusts, and they're questioning where is the return of the Messiah? Where is the return of Christ? And they're going to say that all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Mm -hmm. Uniformity, also known as uniformitarianism, things are going to be uniform. And they're going to be willingly ignorant of two things, that by the word of God, the heavens were made of old, they were made mature, and this is a key one today, they're going to be willingly ignorant that by, that by the word of God, the world that was being overflowed with water perished. Mm -hmm. And that's a spectacular prophecy for today, because for the last 150 years, secular geology has been based on two beliefs. Uniform processes and no global flood, mm -hmm. just like foretold in Second Peter three, mm -hmm. three through six. Well, those beliefs now—they're the foundation. And, and Jesus said, "You tell good from bad by the fruit." Mm -hmm. The fruit of the old earth beliefs, invented only two hundred years ago, two hundred and twenty years ago, they didn't even start to become popular until about one hundred and sixty or seventy years ago. Mm -hmm. They've now taken over modern geology and have provided the foundation. You tell good from bad by the fruit of Darwinism, naturalism, humanism, modern atheism, agnosticism, progressive creation, theistic evolution, gap theories. All those are fruit coming from old earth beliefs mm -hmm. based on there never having been a global flood. Not from radiometric dating techniques. They have to get a date that matches that geologic column, the drawing of layers based on uniformity and no global flood. And the fruit from all of those beliefs in include well, we kicked creation and prayer out of our schools in 63 by 65 and 6. The, mm -hmm. the drug culture and the sexual revolution took off by 69. Radical homosexual groups, radical women's lib groups, radical environmental groups took off. 
1973, we legalized mm -hmm. abortion. Mm -hmm. we've, we've aborted over 60 million United States babies, 60 million citizens, and that number's growing. And these are all fruit. Now we're into, we're the, the biggest exporter of pornography. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are graduating high school. They don't even know which bathroom to use. This is all fruit coming from that evil root. So mm -hmm. let's go to the driveway analogy. I've been fighting weeds in my gravel driveway all summer. Mm -hmm. And the first time I went out, I, I tried to just run them over with a mower. Mm -hmm. Well, within a week, they'd come back. <laughs> yeah. Then I got some spray and I sprayed it, but not heavy enough. It, it killed them on the surface. But two weeks later, boom, there they come. Because I, I was fighting the fruit. I, I was fighting, fighting the leaves. And I could have some short-term success. Yeah. But without getting down and getting that root, they're going to come right back, and you're going to always lose the war in the long term. Yep. So we need to be fighting the root, which mm -hmm. really have combined millions of years, the serious root, but the first major fruit, Darwinian evolution, and those two have combined as a juggernaut. Yep. In fact, I hate to say it, but about 90% of Christian colleges and seminaries now teach the old earth beliefs based on there never having been a global flood. And... Um, yeah, well, let me let me say this. You sound an awful lot like a book I read a number of years back by the late Henry Morris, mm -hmm. who's sort of the spiritual father of the Young Earth, so-called Young Earth Creation Movement. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book, and he was scientifically credentialed, but he said in this book, this is not a book about so-called science, it's a book about worldviews. Mm -hmm. And the title of the book is The Long War Against God. Yeah, have you ever had a chance to read that? I have. It's a tremendous book because he he just goes through these different social evils. Racism. Evolution is the root mm -hmm. of it because mm -hmm. it's the belief that one skin color is more highly evolved than another. Uh, New Age movement. Evolution is the root of it because if we came from the apes, you know, mm -hmm. we're continuing to evolve upward into right. deity. Mm -hmm. Uh, my background, uh, the legal system, where you spend more time studying what judges think the Constitution says or should say rather than what it actually says, he says that's evolutionary because mm -hmm. if we're evolving upward, we can't be, you know, uh, trapped, so to speak, by 18th century principles of the Constitution. The Constitution needs to keep evolving mm -hmm. upward. Um, and he just showed uh, communism. How many, you know, countless people have died, suffered, died, prevented from hearing the gospel because right. of communism? Right. I mean, he points out that it was actually um, a Marx that dedicated one of his volumes, Das Kapital, to Charles Darwin. Mm -hmm. And he just shows over and over again what you're talking about here, that every single social evil that we're exercised about really has its roots in a, in a denial of biblical creationism. It really does, and it comes down to that. And I, I show this in my various messages mm -hmm. and such, but as crazy as it sounds, it comes down to whether or not there was a global flood. The global flood explains how the crust of the earth formed quickly, wiping out every old earth belief that's based on the crust of the earth having formed slowly and uniformly without a global flood. Just like the Bible told us what happened in the last days. The Bible told us this about 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. 
And here we are today doing exactly what the Bible said we would do in the last days. What I don't understand is why so many Christian colleges and seminaries and leaders don't understand. They are they are agreeing with the foundation of secular atheistic humanism mm -hmm. and denying the biblical foundations. There's there's like what blinders put on. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because thus far we've been talking about social evils outside the church. Mm -hmm. But here's something that you said to me, and I've also heard heard you talk about it in your various talks. That you, you've gone to church after church after church to teach this material mm -hmm. where you show how the data of creation fits with what the Bible says. It fits with uh, global flood. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't fit with death before Adam and these really fundamental issues. And you said you have limited success, highly limited success in getting into these churches, mm -hmm. you know, because the people in authority or somebody in authority, and this is your terminology, you know, blocks the information. Right. And you have actually um, told me about how you have actually paid for scholarships of people to go to your Grand Canyon mm -hmm. tours. I think you told me 60 scholarships, something to that effect, of mm -hmm. one mega, well-known mega church in your area, and you couldn't get a single one of them to, to take you up on it. So, so you're struggling uh, not just with issues in society. You're struggling with um, the evangelical church that, for whatever reason, doesn't want to accept what God says in the beginning. So could you kind of fill in the gaps with some of that? Yeah, see, that, that has been a surprising, uh, a shocking uh, revelation for myself mm -hmm. uh, to find out that most church leaders will block this information. Why? Because of compromises with old earth beliefs. Now, here's the thing. And talk about evil fruit, because study after study says we're losing anywhere from 80 to 90 percent of our own children and grandchildren by the age of 20 mm -hmm. and according to both barna and pew the number one listed reason is believing darwinian evolution is true well and that's based on millions of years of time you can destroy darwinism just by destroying darwinism and or you could destroy darwinism by destroying their foundation which is millions of years of belief by showing proof of the flood and destroying the old earth beliefs that way but uh, what i found out in what i found and do find now inside the church is i would say about 95 to 98 percent of churches will block this information because it'll upset someone who's an old earther uh, and with 90 percent of our seminaries and colleges teaching old earth beliefs and they also teach, oh, those young earth people, they're divisive. Well, Jesus was a young earth person. You know, he said in Mark and Matthew, man was made since the beginning. And Jesus is the creator. It says he created in six days. On mm -hmm. and on we can go. So it's an important issue. But so many times. Now, when I do get into a church, generally the, the level of excitement in that church is through the roof. Mm -hmm. People are just blown away. It's like, wow, we can just read God's Word and believe God's Word. And it's so excited. But it gets blocked from those people. I feel so bad. It breaks my heart. I'll drive. I live in northern Arizona. I'll fly to Iowa or Virginia or wherever, Illinois, Texas, to speak at a church. And I'll go by 10,000 churches on the way whose people will never get to see this. Mm. And it's really heartbreaking. It's it's uh, actually it doesn't take that long to open people's eyes to the truth. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so, yeah, it is, it is heartbreaking. But time after time, I, I've had, uh, I'll be surrounded. If I do speak to a youth or college group, I'll be surrounded by kids afterwards mm-hmm. telling me how to save their faith. And then I'll never hear from that church again. Mm. Yeah, you, you alluded to one uh, mega church down in the Phoenix area. I won't be specific because, hey, with 98% of them doing this, <laughs> why, why pick on one, right? Yes, right. Um, but uh, someone actually uh, got me into their youth group of 350 to 400 kids. And I was there for hours afterwards answering their questions. They were so excited um, that one 23-year-old had come there to speak to me and couldn't get up to where I was because I was surrounded by all these kids. So she went to my wife and said, hey, I want you to know that I just graduated from ASU with a degree in biochemistry, and I would have lost my faith many times. But 10 years ago, when I was 13 years ago old, I saw Russ give that message, his top 10 Darwinian lies. And every time I almost lost my faith in college 10 years later, I would think back to those frauds and it allowed me to hang on to my faith. And I came here to tell Russ that, but he's surrounded by the youth right now. I can't get up there. And so she told my wife about that. Well, that same church, uh, it was offered a a sponsor, one of our Grand Canyon Rim tours, where we recover and recapture Grand Canyon quickly for the glory of God. It's one of the five pillars of Mm -hmm. older beliefs. Mm -hmm. There's so much I, I can share with Grand Canyon that, if you're on the rim, I'll share just one one point. If you're on the rim of the canyon looking down, it's a mile from the rim down to the river. That's a big hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. What they won't tell you there is that one mile of strata is nothing. There used to be two miles of layers above today's rim that have been removed from southern Utah south to the sea. And there's no way to explain that but flooding that was on a global scale. Mm-hmm. And God left lots of pr- proof right there on top of the rim of Grand Canyon and north where you pick those layers up in what's called the Grand Staircase. Mm-hmm. That includes Zion and Bryce. If you go north, you pick pick the layers up that were removed south to the sea. Well, someone offered to help me sponsor and offer that group a free Tour. They could have taken about 55, up to 55 of their people for free. We would have gone up that morning, come back and dropped them off, picked them up and dropped them off in their parking lot. Mm. They would have seen the truth of the flood and, and, and of biblical creation and God's word. And they said, we have no interest. Wow. wow. For free. Yeah. We couldn't even get them to, to look at the truth for free. So yeah. that is what we've been up against. And we've yeah. been doing it for 23 years. Mm-hmm. And it's... Still the same battle out there. Um, well, I can I can vouch for the Grand Canyon trip because at Sugarland Bible Church we took our whole youth group mm-hmm. and parents, you know, to listen to you take us through the Grand Canyon and explain the Grand Canyon in terms of a catastrophe mm-hmm. and the kids. Uh, and we had some really little kids, bigger kids, high school age. They loved it and they were just thrilled when I said, why don't you come and teach at our prophecy conference? Mm-hmm. The kids were more excited <laughs> than anybody else. So, you know, I can vouch for the Grand Canyon trip. But, you know, you're looking at a man here um, who has his his hand on, number one, a defining issue. That a lot of people want to make this a secondary issue. You can hear the way he's talking. This is not a, this a tertiary issue. This is foundational. And number two, you're looking at somebody who uh, God took him and, and changed his whole course and path in life and put a passion in his heart um, to give himself wholly you know, to this specific issue. And you're looking at a man who's gone through great spiritual warfare, and very sadly, it's come against him. 
not only from the unsaved world, you know, you've told me some of the horror stories about you going and speaking in secular universities, you mm-hmm. know, antagonistic professors and so forth, but very, very sadly from the Christian world. So we're hoping people will go to his website and access his resources. And with that being said, how do people find your stuff? Um, at our website, creationministries.org. And um, I want to I want to mention a couple more Bible verses, mm-hmm. but but let me I'll, I'll mention just a couple of our resources. Uh, first of all, we allow people to make copies of, of our DVDs and thumb drives. Mm-hmm. We have our top uh, we have one thumb drive and DVD that just has our, my top four teachings: the top ten Darwinian beliefs, the top ten Old Earth beliefs, endowed by our Creator as American citizens. Where our freedoms come from the fact we're endowed by our Creator and. Mm-hmm. We've been teaching the last 60 years for our kids. There's no creator. Uh, some of the fruit we're seeing well, today. Well, the, the governor of New Mexico just said that the Second Amendment is not an absolute right. Mm-hmm. That's a creation issue. That's a creation issue. That goes issue. right back to the Declaration of Independence, doesn't it? There's no creator. There's no unalienable rights. Exactly. Our freedoms come from the fact we're endowed by our creator. And so we have that th- those four teachings in the order I would give them because they will make an impact. Uh, we have... My five DVD set, my book cost. There's cost, a there's mm-hmm. a new online course that actually qualifies for public high school credit uh, based on my book uh, cost, uh, which covers the top ten old earth beliefs, top ten evil fruit, number one being Darwinism. So I cover the top ten Darwinian teachings and the top ten reasons you can believe in biblical creation and the flood. And all these are on my website uh, at creationministries.org. And again, our DVDs and thumb drives. I encourage people get those, make a million copies. Let's let's get some information out there because the people you'd think would be helping get in, getting this out are actually the ones often blocking it. Mm. You know, the Church of Laodicea in uh, Revelation. All right. Well, we're back with Russ Miller. We had a few technical problems as we're on our cruise, but it was we were in the middle of quoting uh, Christ's words to Laodicea, and what's that quote about? And, why do you think that's significant? Well, the quote is, this is the uh, instructions from Jesus to the angel. And he says, and I'll read this. These things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So think about this. To the church of Laodicea, which many argue is the last day's church, Jesus actually has the angel introduce him as the creator. Mm-hmm. Hey, your creator's here. Remember, 90 plus percent of our seminaries and colleges deny Jesus is the creator he says he is. Where's Jesus while he's having the angel introduce him to the church of Laodicea? He's outside knocking. He's not inside. He's outside knocking, saying, if anyone will open up and invite me and I'll come in. I think he's talking to the individuals at that point in time. You should read Revelation 3 about Laodicea because it goes on from there. And some pretty serious warnings. I think something about him uh, spewing them from his mouth. That sounds like a bad place to be to me. But what do I know? So that's the church of Laodicea. I think it's important to realize Jesus is our creator and he expects us to believe in him as creator and worship him as creator. It's an important issue. Mm -hmm. And one of the points I made, you know, on the earlier video, and I think it's worth repeating, is Henry Morris, the spiritual father, I call him, of the biblical 
creationist mm -hmm. movement with his seminal book, uh, The Genesis Flood, which changed everything. Yes. Um, he wrote a commentary, not just on the book of Genesis. His Genesis commentary is called the Genesis Record. Mm -hmm. But most people don't know this, but Henry Morris also wrote a commentary on the book of Revelation called the Revelation Record, using the same literal, grammatical, historical, contextual, consistent, hermeneutical, interpretive method that he used in Genesis, he just used it in Revelation. Mm -hmm. And I've read a lot of commentaries on Revelation, and I think the Henry Morris commentary is in in the top ten, you know, easily. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is important because Henry Morris believed that the doctrine of creation and the doctrine of the end times, you're, you're talking about Laodicea, Book of Revelation, were connected. Mm -hmm. And um, this kind of goes to your initial point that, look, this is not some kind of tertiary, secondary issue. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're doing in creation, it's going to affect other doctrines of the Bible, like the end times and prophecy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right through the entire Bible, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So we've had a chance in the prior video to talk about how you think the global flood is a big deal. One issue we really haven't had a chance to get to which we want to at least mention briefly is the, <coughs> excuse me, death before Adam issue. Right. And the Bible is very clear that death did not exist before Adam. Um, God said, Genesis 2, 16 and 17, to our forebears, the day you eat from the forbidden fruit, speaking to Adam, is the day you shall surely die. So mm -hmm. death didn't exist prior to Adam's sin. But when you go to Romans 5.12, Romans 6.23, it's very clear that we have an order of sin and then death. So why is that such a big deal? Well, of course, every old earth belief, which is based on denial of the global flood, uh, puts death prior to Adam. So let's, let's take the basic question. I'm sure everybody has been asked or has heard or even thought of this question themselves when something terrible may have happened to someone that they love, but how can we have a loving God in this world that's full of death and suffering? Well, if you've accepted an old earth belief, you cannot biblically answer that question. In fact, I would guesstimate that I bet 95% of Christians today cannot biblically answer that simple question. So if you uh, leave here with nothing else. Know how to biblically answer that important question. How, th how can there be a loving God in this world full of death and suffering? The biblical answer is that, well, God didn't give us the world the way it is today, full of death and suffering. No, God gave us a perfect creation. Well, what in the world happened to it? It's not perfect today. Mm -hmm. Well, Adam's first sin. We call that Adam's original sin. His first sin brought on the curse that allowed death to enter and that's why we live in a world full of death today, but yet we have a loving biblical God. Now, that's the simple, biblical, straightforward answer, but the answer should go further than that. Mm -hmm. But it was that original sin that separated man from God, and that required us to be redeemed with him. Well, we've got a big problem now, because to be redeemed with God, you have to be 100% righteous, sinless your entire life, without even a sinful thought. And the fact of the matter is, we were born with a sin nature, we have all sinned, and because of that, we all deserve to be separated from God for eternity. How loving is God? He's so loving that only He could answer that problem for us. 
when he sent his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God, to suffer and die after leading a sinless life, his shed blood covering our sin, and the only thing we're asked to do is to believe in him, to put our trust in him, to believe in Jesus Christ. That's all we're asked to do. Mm -hmm. Well, when we start uh, accepting old earth beliefs that put death before Adam, and we start denying Jesus as creator, and denying him as judge, and replacing him with one with a creator and judge that fits with the foundation of secular atheistic humanism, that's a scary place mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. And that's the reason I show people why they can just read God's word, and that God's word and real science is on a Christian side. Real science is our best friend. Mm -hmm. Operational science. That that's another story to yeah, get itself. into. Yeah. yeah, a lot of subjects, but um, I, I think at least now our viewers, you know, are now familiar with you, familiar with your ministry, who you are. And as we sign off, can you remind folks um, just one more time where they can access all your information? Sure. The name of my ministry is Creation, Evolution, and Science Ministries. I wish I would have shortened that. But the website <laughs> the website is creationministries.org, and you can find all of our information there. Yeah, and come out to the Sugarland Bible Church Prophecy Conference February 23rd and 24th of 2024, where you can hear uh, Russ Miller do a couple of sessions, sessions live. So, Russ, thanks for visiting with us. Thanks. Yeah.